This is a Galactic Network podcast. The Podcast of Terror is a great podcast. It's covering movies that are not for children, and thus this podcast is not for children. The hosts are two adults who will use bad words from time to time. They'll also spoil movies if that's not your thing. So if you don't like spoilers and you don't want to hear some dirty language or some dirty references to dirty parts of your body, then please, please, please wash your body parts better and do not listen to this show. If you can handle it, and I hope you can because there's a great podcast coming up, then please proceed with Podcast of Terror. Welcome to episode 131 of the Podcast of Terror production of the Galactic Network. For more on this podcast, including show notes, contact information, subscription links, go to gncast.com slash pot. Uh, I'm Matt Stein. Corey will be here shortly. Uh, our guest this week is going to be Derek. Uh, Derek from Master Free Macabre. Uh, he was on a while back. He's doing a documentary about Kane Hodder. If you don't know who Kane Hodder is, probably shouldn't listen to this podcast. But uh, yeah, trying something different, trying to record the intro before the guest gets here. So we don't take a half an hour to get to it. Um, hopefully this doesn't fuck everything up. But yeah, not back from break. This is just a special episode because to Helen back, Kane Hodder's story is coming out shortly. So Derek asked us to have him back on to help promote it. So that's why we brought him on. Real quick before we bring Corey and Derek on, I uh, just want to mention a big thank you to uh, the nice people over at uh, Studio. Uh, hooked me up with a nice pair of their Regent headphones. Um pretty fucking nice uh, first time giving them a roll right now I plan to use them while i'm mowing the lawn because you all know how much i complain about mowing the lawn and how long that should take so i like headphones that sound really good so far super comfortable too which is a big thing um go ahead head over check them out uh use our discount code terror you can get 50 percent off any purchase and uh yeah help support them because they were nice enough to uh work with us so you can promote stuff i mean we're we're absolutely sure love having you on for that but we want you on because we like you so <laughs> if, if you're holding back because you're worried that you don't have anything to promote we don't give a crap about that uh that's, we're, that's we're interested in hanging out with you okay and cool. that, that's our primary but certainly anytime you have something to promote and you want to come on to do it we're we're just over the board to to do that okay cool well i'll start i'll start uh, doing more of them with you guys then we're we're a couple of schmucks who just really like your company. So <laughs> awesome. I'm I, glad. Also, just assume you're a very busy human being. Yes. And that is why we don't bug you about it when you're not on. But yeah, I, I, almost two years. I, I definitely will be on more often than that, I hope. As well as I'd like to have more things to promote as well. But we would like that for you, absolutely. Yeah. And we will we will add our voices into the cacophony of, of Derek's supporters. But anytime you just feel like shooting the shit, man, it, that that's cool with us. We we like you. We awesome. personally well, like you. <laughs> I like you guys too. It's been a I had a blast doing it the last two times, so I'm excited to get on it and do it again. I didn't realize it had been that long since you were on here. Last. It didn't feel like that long, but it definitely was based yeah. on your you know. But like, it doesn't feel like that at all. I thought it'd been like maybe a a year, not two. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize that's, that's how, how long ago we met, but that, the older I, I get, right the quicker everything of, goes. Uh, right in the middle of the Indiegogo and stuff, the mm -hmm. first time, and then the second time was um, 
because it was, I think we were about to do the US premiere. Yeah. Uh, or LA premiere, one of the two. Either way. Yeah, we've had a we've had a couple of breaks over that time too, so that's maybe why it doesn't feel like it's as long for us. Um, we we've been taking sort of summer breaks. Uh, we're in the middle of one right now, actually. And uh, last year around this time, we did two. Okay. Yeah. I well, forced... thanks for coming back up for us. Well, I forced Corey with uh, time off so that I don't burn someone's house down. <laughs> that that might be a little too on the nose for this conversation we're about to have, Matt. Oh shit! Sorry, <laughs> didn't even think about that. Ah, uh, boy. Yeah. Just checking levels and stuff, and then we can. Yeah, of course. Get going. <laughs> yeah, Matt is uh, trying out some new headphones. Uh, we got an offer right as we were going into our break. Uh, yeah. We got an offer from a company to uh, to try out some of their headphones and, and give a promo code on our shows. So he's he's kind of getting those uh, in adjustment and stuff. That's cool. Yeah, it, it's, it's let really me know cool. what you guys think of them because I uh, these headphones are getting old, and I definitely could use a, a new like decent pair. Yeah, and I've never had a, a high quality set of headphones in my. I got some Bose earbuds as a, a spiff once when I worked for uh, Geek Squad, but I, I've I've always had just like cheap sets because that's what I could afford, and and my hearing's not the greatest in the world. But I would I would like to see the difference of a high quality set versus a low quality set. Yeah. I've tested a few really cool ones. Um, they've been there's some really good ones recently that have been um, like uh, they have 3D sound. I like when they're completely surround sound headphones. Hmm. Yeah, we haven't even done surround sound in my house yet, which is weird. Having worked for Best Buy, that I've set up systems like that for other people, and in my house, it's it. We've got basically two fronts and a center and the sub. And I'm sure that I don't have those set up correctly. All I want is to be able to hear the dialogue uh, <laughs> when I'm watching stuff over the ambient sound of everything else is supposed to be in there. I want to be able to hear the people talking. And it's such a chore to set up something like that. I, I don't know why that is. I think that's why soundbars are so popular is because it's pretty much you plug it in and it, it does the sound to the best quality that it's ever going to. But with receivers, it's such a giant pain in the ass to get those things right. Agreed. I think mine, my, my system's finally right. Um, we'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm good on okay. sound. So uh, I, I like tried something new where I pre-recorded the intro because we ran into this problem where it was like a half an hour in every time and we would then finally get to the intro. <laughs> So I'm trying to find like better ways to just get it out of the way. So we can literally just start talking and uh, it's all good. But um, I, like I guess problem, like it's not our actual MO. Yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Um, I guess. So for for because we did mention it's this fucking thing won't stay put. Uh, it's been almost two years since you've been here. So for anyone that has not listened to your previous episodes, a go back and do that because 
Derek is a fascinating human being. Um, but why don't you talk about your company and the whole reason you're here? Yeah, well, I'm the uh, president uh, and uh, director of uh, Masterfully Macabre Entertainment, and we're a, uh, a small production company that goes and does horror or horror adjacent projects. Um, we, the first feature we made was the uh, Tell and Back the Kane Hodder story, the documentary on a stuntman and horror icon Kane Hodder's life and career. And uh, we've been doing the festival circuit for that. And we received uh, distribution uh, at the beginning of the year from Epic Pictures and Dread Central Presents, which are just, it's the film's just about to start a, a theatrical and uh, run right before it goes into the um, VOD and DVD Blu-ray combo pack on uh, Friday the 13th of next month in July. Nice. Yeah. So you, I mean, you and I met because of the, you did Indiegogo, right? Yes. You may have just said it and I fell asleep for a second. So sorry, but. Um, yeah, we did an Indiegogo to help raise some more finishing funds for the project, as well as to allow us to do some bonus things like go to the hospital where uh, that saved Kane's life up in San Francisco and like yeah. a couple of extra interviews. Um, one funny thing is that like a bunch of people think that the film wouldn't have gotten made without the Indiegogo. And that's not true, but we had the money to finish it. We just wanted to make it better. And that's why we're very happy with everyone who donated, but we're also like, nah, when they say like, are we ever gonna get it? Like, we promise you, you're gonna get it. It's just, mm -hmm. Uh, we have to, you know, we had to do the whole process that we explained on there, which is we had to go the festival route, get a distributor, and then the distributor had to decide when the best release date was for the film. Luckily, now it's it's uh, three days from now will be one month until it's out, um, which is making me stress a tiny bit, given that I still have some bonus feature work to do. But um, it's the bonus features are almost there, like. And people are going to be really happy. So about a little over two hours of uh, bonus features uh, oh, of, wow. um, of deleted scenes with Kane and Cassandra Peterson, Bruce Campbell, John Carl Beekler, Felissa Rose, um, Bill Mosley. Like pretty much, if they're in the movie, we have some more deleted scenes, more things they're saying about Kane and his career and and life in general. Yeah, that's the thing about uh, Kickstarter and Indiegogo and these these campaign uh, services that came out is that a lot of people see them as a, a pre-order system, as a I, I give you money and I'm I'm basically putting my money down to get this product and and it's like pre-ordering a book or something at a, a when they they used to have bookstores, and it's not exactly that. It's it's a it's a project where you're you're sort of helping to develop something that that might not even happen you know and it's unfortunate that there are times when people have have cut and run on kickstarters that they they've just couldn't get the stuff worked out and the money's already out there i and i i get the disappointment factor of it but i've supported uh back when i was more financially able to a, a good number of things like that and there's some stuff that took seven years for me to get the the final payoff of whatever it was i was supporting and if I didn't believe in the project to begin with, then I was I was letting myself be disappointed in the long run of either the time it took or it never coming. But that's the whole point is that you support these things because you're you're able to. You don't want to ever break the break the bank to do it. 
but it's because it's something that you love and you believe in and you want to support it and and you know that you're taking a chance but that's like being a producer in hollywood if you're supporting a movie as a producer in hollywood you don't know how that movie is going to come out and it can be from a giant studio uh, all the way down to an, uh, a small indie or a first time filmmaker it's it's always a crapshoot but you're doing it because you you believe in it or because you love it or for any number of reasons you're you're the person's mom that's all okay. You just have to know that kind of going in. And I, I think that if people are more realistic with how they look at that, then they can feel a lot more fulfillment when it when it actually does finally come to fruition. Yeah, and that's why we were kind of, you know, we let people know from the beginning that the film would definitely be finished because again, it was going to be finished regardless of whether or not, um, you know, we actually raised any money. But the benefit, it, and which was, a, a we thought, a big positive, like, for them, the only, you know, it's just taken a while because, you know, this was our first doc in, in being the leads of it in that capacity. And so things took a little longer than we expected. You know, the first festival we got into was in August of last year, instead of like we had planned on being like in April or May. So like, then we couldn't even get a distributor until we had done a couple of festivals. So we wanted to, you know, get that done with. And then all of a sudden, you know, you sign with them and then they're like, talking the earliest being in June. And you're like, oh, that's now going to be two years since people uh, did the Indiegogo. But at the same point, it's like, I wanted the best release date for this film that we could get. And July 13th being a Friday the 13th and the 41st anniversary of his burn, uh, which happened on a, July 13th. It wasn't a Friday, but it happened on the 13th. Um, it couldn't be a better date to release the film from a horror fan and a human interest fan perspective. So when they suggested that and Kane suggested that, I was kind of already on board. I was like, you know, it's, this is the perfect day to do it. And it gave us the time necessary to put together the, the Blu-ray and VOD and the files you'll see. Like the movie look, is gonna look beautiful. The bonus features are all gonna be high quality, you know, partially, you know, like color corrected with decent audio, like, things that people will actually be excited about. There could be another bonus feature as well that I don't know if I can say yet, but it would be pretty pretty fun too. A nice little bonus, uh, little giveaway kind of thing for people. And I also like what you said was that, in Kane's opinion, this was the right time to do it. And I, I feel like as much as this movie is obviously for the fans of Kane uh, as well, it, it kind of needs to be for him most of all. He he deserves this. Uh, seeing this it being his story and being how how open and sincere he is in in telling the stories of his his life and and how he got to where he is and the the hardships and things that he he went through. I I want to see him the most pleased with this project. Uh, and I don't think that there's any fan of his who's going to be disappointed if that's the case. If if everybody. Out of everyone who who loves this, if he's the one who gets to love it the most, I think that everybody's going to be all right with that. Yeah, and so far, um, I know he always talks about how proud he is of it, and I'm that makes me very happy. Obviously, I uh, I just that from very beginning, I wanted to make sure we made Kane's film in Kane's voice the right way. Uh, granted, it goes into some areas that this isn't a fluff film. This isn't a film for you know like that Kane even though he did have final cut say, uh, which was one of the reasons he was so open, he never used it. 
Like we right. just, we put the film together the way we put it together and he was happy with it. And that alone, first of all, I think we knew the right things to put in there, but also he knew that we were you know, treating things the right way. He knew that like these things were important to, um, you know, to have the, the project done a certain way. And I think that's so excited. Yeah, he doesn't seem like someone who who feeds a lot of bullshit into people. He he just he he just comes across as very honest and and forthcoming and and when he when he says like I know people are going to hear this they're going to think all right you're full of shit. I'm going to tell you right now this isn't me being full of shit. This is the truth. And I I just I totally believe in everything that he he said and brings across. And I'm not a I'm not one of those hardcore fans who knows a lot about Kane. I've never met him at a show or anything. I would certainly be excited to. And and this this whole podcast of terror thing has been kind of a journey for me to find out the the ins and outs of of horror movies and the genre and the fans and everything else more and more as it goes along. Uh, so I have a huge appreciation for for what you're doing and for what fans look for and and what someone of his status is to the industry um but as as just a, a more casual observer than a lot of those people i just look at this guy i'm like man this guy is fucking awesome and and there's something infectious about everybody else who's just like cheering him on and and thinks the world of him and the other uh industry stars who are all talking so highly of him it's like it, it's just it is infectious in a way, and you you root for him, and you you want to see his success. Yeah, and I think that's a great uh, the great thing about it. And you know, just going back to one more thing, uh, one more time about the Indiegogo is I don't want to give the impression, and I feel sometimes people get the impression that we don't appreciate and and love the fact that people gave. Like that is, we were very excited that people gave because it allowed us to make the movie the way we wanted to make it with all the extra things. So while we didn't need the campaign to succeed to get the film finished, we definitely needed that the help to get the film made to the way it is now. And you guys saw it. I mean, you see the the difference that that visit to San Francisco and everything makes. So I think sometimes I might've given the wrong impression that like we didn't appreciate or we didn't want uh, people's help to get it made. We We did and we do. It's just, it was for a lot more than just uh, finishing the movie. It was to give back to the Botham Burn Center that saved Kane's life in San Francisco. It was to raise awareness of the movie in general so that, like you said, this great icon, this person who's given so much back story can actually get out there. And I think that's, you know, we were able to get so much from the Indiegogo that really started the whole fact that this film is now uh, where it is and, and hopefully keep going on its success. Now, Matt, you supported the Indiegogo and you got some of the, the special spiff stuff. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I did. I got, I don't, besides the mask, I got the mask and the machete signed. I don't know what else I got. I think the Blu-ray, I don't know. I could probably you look probably this got the. You probably got the t-shirt, right? T- yep, yep, t-shirt. T-shirt, uh, yeah. I literally, I just gave Derek a bunch of money and didn't really <laughs> care. Um, but 
I was most excited about the machete and the, the mask. Uh, I actually, and Derek's seen a picture. I have a, a friend who's really good at woodwork. So I asked him to build me a custom sized shadow box for it. So I have a black shadow box with like a red background with the, the machete and the mask in it. And then there's a little gap. So I had this, um, it's like a knockoff Funko Pop, but it looks like the NES Jason that's all in there. And a nice piece of glass. I have to build a shelf for it, but sometimes being an adult is difficult. So I've kind of put it off, but I have it sitting in my basement and I keep it clean. And it is easily one of my favorite pieces of memorabilia. Um, the only thing that would have made it better is if Kane would have, like, if I would have brought him the mask and machete and had him sign it, but I'll, I'll take, I'll take it for uh, what it is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's fucking awesome. It's just so unique to him. And uh, watching the movie, A, it wasn't a letdown. Like, the wait was worth it, in my opinion. And as we said, I didn't realize that it had been two years since this whole thing started. Um, but it, it's just, it's really interesting to see this larger-than-life character made to look human. Because, like, when... when um, like I told Derek when he got on and he asked how we were doing and I said, oh, I got stuck fucking pulling weeds all day, um, which is not false, but some friends stopped over to pick something up. They're like, well, who, what's on your podcast? And I'm like, well, we're doing the documentary on Kane Hodder and they just stared at me and I'm like, it's fucking Jason. Like, I don't, I couldn't tell you without looking up who is Jason one through six. Right. But I know Jason is Kane Hodder and now Victor Crowley is, is you know, so it's, and it was just really interesting to see him like made a human and see the shit that he went through. Cause it's like, yeah, he's this larger than life person, like Corey said, but he's still a human being. And to see that after, so obviously recently Anthony Bourdain killed himself, which is terrible. Um, another celebrity killed herself also. So it's like to see this person who is very notable in the horror, in our horror community to see the shit that he went through. And it's like what he did to overcome it, I think is very uplifting um, because if, if someone watches this is struggling with depression or something and they see like, you know what, it was something as simple as him seeing someone who at first he's, he hated for no good reason, but I would do done the exact same thing if I were him. And then to like, think the process through and be like, well, if he can come out happy, so can I. And then at the end, the thing that I, I got goosebumps is when Kane's like, if I would have killed myself, he goes, I would have missed all of this. And then you have that flashback of all of everything thing he's done and i'm like holy fucking shit yeah like it's just such a powerful moment and i think i think yeah, you did and, a, he, and you see his job. you see his wife and kids you yep. see his family and and how amazing they seem just in the couple of minutes we get to spend with them on the film and and the idea of of not having that of, of missing that time uh would be even more uh of an agony and in, in, in posts of, of knowing that, you know, you, you could have had all this and you let it go. And then I, I don't want to, I don't break down too much in conversation about uh, suicide and depression uh, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Bourdain. My wife is a huge fan of Bourdain and uh, the amount of people that I've seen talking about that loss this week and what he meant to them. It, it's obvious that it, it, you can be a, what people consider the top of the world and still suffer something that is that is just devastating to you and cannot be described to somebody else. No, um, I, I mean I feel like the the issue is so 
lot of a lot of things going on in the country right now in general uh, that I try not to get political about, but I feel like in general the U.S. is very um, needs to get a little more. Uh, we need to acknowledge mental health and everything like that just as much as we do every other kind of, of health issue. And it, in the U.S., it's fairly taboo still. Um, and the, the rate of suicide, especially among people who are successful in the in the sense, has been growing, and which means that there is definitely some underlying thing. There's no easy answer. But there's definitely some underlying things that we you know, we should be relying, you know, if we are still, you know, this big superpower that has all, and we are still a very rich country, we should be able to help solve some of these problems. And there's, again, there's no like solution. You can't just throw money at them and make them go away. But, you know, this is the time to start doing some, definitely some looking at our system and making sure that, you know, we, we can help as many people as we can, you know? Yeah. What one of the first Provide it not being a taboo so they can feel like they can go to places and talk about it without being like, having a stigma against them yeah one of the first things that uh matt and i reviewed he he brought us this movie uh cropsy which was based off of a, a legendary uh, an urban legend to a certain degree but it did deal with institutions and it wasn't a long time ago that we had institutions that were essentially just prisons for people with mental health issues and now it seems like we've gotten rid of those institutions as bad as they were but we've just relegated uh people with mental health issues to prison and still not given them any sort of care at the same yeah, time it's I, weird it's, they're like doing away with a lot of group home things and like listen i'm not not everyone who has any of that stuff and the large majority don't but there needs to be like that like you know whatever support system that would help people suffering from anxiety or depression or any of that, we need to figure out what the best solution is to help people and provide the support they need. Uh, and again, I don't think it's gonna be an overnight thing. No. Just like everything else that we're dealing with in our country, things don't won't happen like this, but if we start talking about them and we start actually figuring out solutions instead of just doing this thing like what we do is we yell a lot and then both sides and then nothing happens. Yep. You know, it's become the, the way we, we deal with things is just by yelling instead of like, if you got a bunch of smart people from even both sides in a room and we said, listen, okay, this side doesn't want to spend money on mental health. This side wants to spend, you know, $27 trillion on it. And they both talk about what they want. Like there's definitely a middle ground here that we can get to and help a lot more people. And also, you know, make it so that like, you know, somebody like him wouldn't have felt like he couldn't talk about what he was going through because nobody knew. And I understand like, you know, you have somebody like him that inspired millions. You don't necessarily want to bring people down, but at the same point, if people knew he wasn't happy, even though on the outside, it looked like he should be happy about everything. Um, then maybe it would have it would help. I don't know. Yeah, it it. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, do we lead with empathy uh, for each other? Not even a you know I'm I'm going to give you this or whatever. It, it's just I, I I'm listening to to try to understand about how you feel and why you feel that way, and and do I do I empathize with you to to be able to say if I was in that situation how would I would how would I feel? How would I deal with it? 
that kind of thing. And that that's a lot of I got watching this is I felt a lot of empathy for Kane in in some of the struggles he had. Obviously, I've never gone through uh, being severely burned like that. I haven't gone through exactly what he went through with the working so hard to get to this point where he was trying to get to this movie of the, the Freddy versus Jason thing and then to have it kind of taken away from him for no reason that he could understand and nobody would even really tell him why. But at the same time, the the parts where he was talking about getting bullied as a kid, it, I, I couldn't just empathize with that. I related to that way too well. I, I, I felt a little bit of anxiety heat up in me because that was very familiar to me. Um, and I, I think it's kind of amazing to see someone again like him and to know that we've gone through similar things at points and, and how it affected us and to see someone as strong as him, to see someone that is as idolized as him still kind of break down in those moments and just show such humanity. And, and that that's, that's something that is, I think why he can be looked at as, as such a, a strong figure because it takes a strong person to be able to show that they have been weak at times or have felt pain at times and to expose that, you know, and, and he, he's a person who isn't scared of many things, but he has definitely gone through some shit and that has affected him. Yeah, as it should have. And I feel like, um, you know, I think that's the thing we've been hearing is a lot of people can relate to at least one of the things um, that he talks about. Either, like, I'm a cancer survivor. I can relate a lot to his, I had great doctors, luckily, but I can still relate to the, the feelings of, am I going to survive this? Do I want to go through chemo and radiation? All that kind of stuff. Whereas, like, you know, like, so a lot of the, the burn story, while I can't relate per se, I can definitely empathize with it. I can, I wasn't severely bullied, but I, you know, definitely had friends that were, and I could definitely relate to some of the struggles that he went through and, and really feel for him. And I feel like just in general that um, his story has helped even already on the, the book that he wrote, co-wrote with Mike Aloisi on Masked, and now the movie, we've heard a lot of stories already of people that it's helped. Um, it helped, uh, you know, helped relationships because people were able to finally talk about something that had happened early on in their lives. Uh, it helped, um, you know, them be able to say, okay, well, if the person that I believe is like this, you know, that is their icon, like their legend, like the person they look up to can go through the same things that I went through. And, and 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 cry about it and be okay with the fact that it's not okay that this happened, then maybe I can, you know, do that and finally get past it. Because a lot of people, I don't know if they fully get past these things until uh, they actually give them the time as like an adult that can fully process everything to be like, this happened, it was awful, and now move on, but in their own way. And it's not as simple as, just saying, oh, it's this happened and move on. Some people it might be, some people it takes a lot longer. And I think having somebody, even a voice like Kane will stop uh, his line. And uh, Mike Aloisi said this, I think it's a bonus feature we're going to have. He stopped people and said uh, in line, he'd hold his 
live for like 20 minutes and talk to people who have been bullied and little kids and give him write down his email and say, if you get bullied again, email me. I want to hear about it. Like you have somebody to talk to if you need to talk to. And for somebody to do that, for somebody to literally, I've been there when he stopped everything and gone over and shaken the hand of a burn survivor who comes to see him. He saw them in the hospital and now they're coming to see him at a convention and they catch up. How are you doing? You know, they, they show him like their, um, you know, Jokes suit that they're wearing, uh, the compression suit garments, you know, and he, you know, jokes about how long he kept his on because he didn't want to be seen without it. You know, it's it's being the person that people can relate to. I think it's very uh, it's very great for people. Yeah, that's the that's really it. Is I don't know what people expected coming into seeing this uh or what they can expect coming into it because obviously he's a horror icon they're going to see this guy who's made a, a ton of incredible horror movies but that emotional factor i think is what's going to make this project stand out from it certainly makes it stand out from what i expected agreed uh i feel like yeah i i hope that people uh really uh can can enjoy this film. I mean, I've, we put our heart and soul into it and, uh, you know, obviously put a lot of, uh, our own time, energy, money, as well as a lot of investors, uh, outside of the Indiegogo on the line. And I believe that we made a film that they'll all be proud of. Um, you know, I definitely feel like that it's going to be worth the wait from the Indiegogo people and the investors and all the fans perspectives that this movie uh, will come out and, uh, you know, without the investors, our investors, without any people from Indiegogo, uh, without our friends and family and the crew that we had on this, an amazing crew, we could never have made this movie. So I think that the final film is a testament to all of them and their, you know, support and for all of his fans, for Kane, you know, I, I think that it's definitely something that people uh, can really, uh, watch and, and be inspired by. And I think that's exactly the, uh, the movie we, you know, went out to make. Yeah. So you have, um, one of your producers on this or, or investors on this is Dread Central. Yeah. They're, uh, they're our distributor actually. And how did that come about? Was that sort of something that you had going in or at one point did that was that something that had to wait until after the festivals? Yeah. So what happened was the uh, the festivals um, happened. We premiered at uh, Fright Fest in London. Uh, the U.S. premiere was at the Scare Fest in Kentucky. Then we went to uh, uh, we went to Brooklyn Horror in um, New York, and uh, we did a uh, LA screening here at um, the uh, um, Screen Fest here. And we definitely uh, made the, you know, we, after that, like around the time we were going to be here in LA, we definitely um, decided that it was going to be, uh, you know, it was the time to start talking with distributors. And we met with a bunch of them, but Dread Central Presents was the one that had the passion, the dedication. They wanted to do a physical release, which not only did we want to do, you know, we had to do for the Indiegogo supporters, but I always wanted to have a disc. Uh, we were going to do it for the Indiegogo supporters, 
whether or not a distributor wanted to do it. But regardless, I was going to make sure that we had a physical version that we could we could get out there because you know holding something in your hands uh, is the horror community as well as just collectors and I feel documentary fans in general they love to have something in their hands. It's one of the mediums uh, the horror industry that still sells physical copies. Where I think a lot of other industries people like their you know copies on the VOD copies a lot more, but horror I feel does a lot more physical copy sales. And that's why I'm excited that we're gonna have this DVD Blu-ray combo pack that really will get people excited about it. Yeah, Matt is a musician and uh, he still does physical CDs with his band. Uh, our friend JF DeBow <laughs> is, uh, is a writer and works with a very non-traditional publisher but still has physical prints of his books that come out. And, and it, it's, you're right. There is something about that, that it's, it's still as the creator of something to have that tangibility of something to be able to pass someone over and say, Oh, here's a, here's a copy of my new album, or here's the, the Blu-ray of the movie that I worked on. There's something that's, I think is very important to a creator to do that it, it, in such a, a digital world. And it's not like digital doesn't hold value it absolutely does it gives the opportunity for more people to find your stuff uh than than people ever could in a, a physical presence but it's still so much of an importance to people to say yeah but here's this thing i made this thing and you can touch it and feel it and hold it and keep it forever um and i i completely get that but it is it's funny because i i feel like there is probably a lot more lead of now Oh well, yeah, you made this movie, and we're going to distribute it through Amazon streaming, or we're going to distribute it on the Shutter Channel and stuff, and that's that's great. But I want a disc, you know. I, I want I want to be able to pop it into a, a Blu-ray player anytime and and play it. So give me that too. Agreed. I think it's really great to have a physical copy that you can, yeah, exactly. Pop in the player, you'll always own it. I mean, granted, you'll always own it on the digital platforms, but I feel like there's a, a longevity about having a copy of it. And uh, it's something that people can really like reach out to and say, this is, this is mine. I own this. This is my movie. You know, I feel like it's, uh, you know, it's something that is very important uh, and something I would much prefer to have done with all my movies is physical copies. I definitely think that they're much better. Yeah, I mean, I, I still buy vinyl, which is coming back. I saw cassettes are coming back, too, which I think is stupid. But there's something nice about having physical media. Like, I, I don't have CDs in my car. I have a record player in my basement. And when I pull out a record, I put it on and I, you know, put it up, like, clean or do whatever. And it's just nice, you know. And, and obviously, the pretty colors help. But like Corey said, we, we made CDs and... I think we made CDs more for us than anything. Like I, I keep a copy of everything I've ever recorded. I have any major album I've recorded framed in my basement. And it's like, regardless if I still think it's good or not, that's still something I made. And, you know, yeah, I, sometimes I listen to old music I wrote and I'm like, what the fuck was wrong with me? But <laughs> it's, a different, it's a different podcast. Um, so I, I'd assume that the same would be for you, whether that's a disc or a movie poster or something, but just to have. Yeah, I have a I have a frame movie poster in my house uh, of our original poster, and now I'm 
getting the new final poster framed because for the same reason as well as I'd love I can't wait to own and hold in my hands the movie that has been almost you know it'll be three years on June 15th since we started filming the movie so it'll be released like three years almost to the day that we started filming yeah yeah so and from a, a creator standpoint like I get why you'd want a physical copy but also from a fan standpoint, I get why you would want to own that physical copy, you know, and yeah. and you were talking about all the work that you're putting into for extras for it, which is definitely outside of what you needed to do or promised to do. It was this is bonus material for all the people who supported this project and who are going to support it going forward. But that's stuff that you don't really often get when you're when you're streaming these things or you're watching them on a, a cable channel late at night you you just get the the main production and that's it and so the idea of like oh yeah I'm, i want to go through and i want to see all the extras or i want to hear the commentaries or or whatever else that's included with it that's that is a reason why i think people still lean towards this physical media stuff and just in general it's the reason i bought a house originally was because i wanted to be able to have the stuff that i've collected and put away for years up and out and on display of like you walk into my office you'll see who i am you'll see i'm a slob uh first and foremost but then you'll see my shit and you go oh this is okay i get why Corey is the way that he is because look at the shit that he's a fan of breed and i feel like that's uh that's sort of yeah the like the statement for all of this um i you you have to stand behind what you do and same with your music you wanted a physical copy you wanted to do the project that was always something that i wanted and i feel like we're finally able to do this um with this project so i think that it's definitely uh like you said we're we put the time and energy in to this for the fans for the backers for the people who help make this movie possible because we want to give them the best product possible. Like I need to be able at the end of the day, stand behind even all the bonus features and say, this is the best that we could deliver these. These look great. They sound great. They're, uh, you know, a great project. And I feel like, uh, that's why it's been taking me so long to get the, the assets done. Now the, the film's always been aimed to be coming out on the 13th. It hasn't been pushed for any reason by me doing this, but, I've been just working on it for months now just so that I could make sure that the product that we deliver is one that we're all going to be proud of. That I, when I pop in, I'm going to say, wow, this movie looks great and not, oh, I wish we could have spent more time on this aspect of it. Like I, I stand behind this movie 100%. It's a, a great project and one um, that I'm very happy, um, happy to, to stand behind uh, this many years later. I mean, it's just, you know, it's something that I believe in. And you should. You absolutely should. I, I, I loved it. I'm pretty sure Matt loved it. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, at Dread Central Presents, we have this, uh, the guy that's in charge of Dread Central Presents is named Rob, Rob Galuzzo. And he is a, uh, a great, he does the podcast. Um, now I'm, I'm blanking on it. Give me one second. It's a, a podcast with, uh, Ryan Turk at Blumhouse. It's Shockwaves podcast. 
he's one of the guys over at the Shockwaves podcast, and uh, as well as he's worked with Blumhouse, he's done a million different things, and he's now the director of Dread Central Presents at Epic Pictures. And he came on, and that's one of the reasons that honestly, I jumped into loving Dread Central Presents and Epic Pictures as much as I did, is I feel like he's such a, a great guy, and he he's honest, and he talks, you know, shoots straight, he doesn't lie or anything, and I knew that we'd be able to deliver the product that we promised to Indiegogo people, as well as the product I wanted to deliver to the fans, which were the same thing, not just like random little like, I didn't want to put a disc out with just the movie on it, even though that's technically all we had to do, I wasn't, wouldn't have been happy if that's what we had ultimately um, released. Yeah, who doesn't want to add flourishes when you have the opportunity? Who doesn't want to to say, hey, I, I know that we've met your expectation already, but here's where you blow your mind a little bit. You know, here's where we take you up to that next notch. Who uh, go to eleven? Agreed, and I, and I hope that um, I hope that we were able to do that with this film, and and for everybody who, um, you know, who everyone who has been following the film all these years, uh, I feel like we made a film that they're all going to stand behind um, and be excited about. It's not going to. Uh, It's not going to like dull their expectations. It's going to blow them out of the water. And I feel like I just I hope I'm not overhyping it, but I feel like it's a, a film that people are going to really jump at and love. So we are we're we're talking about this project. This is a huge project. This is a huge accomplishment uh, that you're still kind of putting the last finishing touches on. Uh, but how do you feel finishing it up? And more importantly, do you have an eye as you come out of this uh, deep, dark cave of working on this for so long, the light at the end of that tunnel, what do you see yourself doing next? Uh, and do you already have stuff in place? Okay, good questions. Um, well, I uh, it's been a, um, I, like you said, it's been a long uh process but i feel like yes we're going uh i'm excited about it yet at the same point um i don't know it's it's weird to be done with this product project after this long um i'm obviously excited to get to move on uh but i would also like to um i'm also excited that like we have this project that i've been working on uh for um the past, uh, since last, I think, February, we've been working on like February 20, or like April 2017. We've been working on a project, uh, a home invasion thriller uh, called They're Inside. Uh, Andrew and I were producers on that. So Master Vimakov joined forces with uh, this great director uh, and writer, uh, John Paul Pagelli. And um, uh, Skylar Brumley to be able to bring this film to fruition. And I feel like it's something that is really uh, exciting and uh, certainly something that the horror fans and the thriller fans are really going to enjoy. Um, yeah, you had a lot of you had a lot of people in the room, so to speak, 
in this. Uh, a lot of big names show up for this. Obviously, uh, Robert England, Bill Mosley, uh, Daniel Harris, like a lot of great people that are are huge names in this industry, uh, including filmmakers. The, the guy who made Hatchet. So many people involved in this project. Did it? Did it kind of lead you to doing this next thing or did it give you context to help get you to this next thing? Or was it just like, this is where you were going to go anyways, because obviously doing a documentary about Kane, you probably came into this as a pretty big horror fan to begin with. Yeah. I feel like uh, it gave us a lot more, uh, I don't know, credibility for the, for the filmmakers for sure uh, of other inside the other ones. Um, I feel like, um, but also I, I feel like this is something we were going to do anyway. There are two different projects, but I feel like the, uh, that film, because it's a, you know, a lower budget, a horror film, it's more our passion for it and our ability to produce a film it, and, and, and well is what led them to want to work with us as well as we, you know, obviously really like them as filmmakers and we wanted to, to work with them and, and same with us. So I feel like, that collaboration was different. The next documentary or the next uh, narrative film that we make will definitely be part of it. Like we announced back at Fright Fest in uh, the UK back in August that we're going to be making the documentary on Holliston with Adam Green, um, which everything about is to be decided. I don't know when we're going to start it yet. We don't know when we're going to do any parts of it, but all we do know is that Adam's on board and we're on board. So we're definitely going to make it. It's just now a matter of time. So uh, I definitely feel like that's where we're at as far as uh, that project goes, but we're still 100% gung ho for that. We're very excited to bring this wonderful horror thriller out there inside to audiences. And um, I'm also excited for whatever documentary or narrative comes next for, for me. I'm working on a, a short film script right now that, Hopefully I'll get to shooting late this summer, early fall uh, with, you know, just a small crew, a lot of the same people who work on the dock and be able to get another project into festivals, hopefully, and get something else out there that can uh, keep my directing itch to keep directing and keep making stuff going until, uh, you know, this film comes out. We were able to pay back the investors for it, as well as get all of our perks to the Indiegogo people. And uh, just in general, like sort of close out the chapter of this film and uh, be able to move on to the next. So once the movie's actually out, I can't imagine you're just done there, right? Because I know we've talked a little bit about what festivals and conventions and things are going to be at. So I, I guess I'm curious what happens after the actual release date. Well, after the release date, we're going to be doing obviously doing some signings and, and stuff like that as well. Uh, I'm 100% open and, and willing to do uh, conventions and other screenings. I know I kept, you know, I talk to my distributor all the time um, about like the fact that even though we're doing these theatrical runs in um, this month and early next month, there's no reason why if another theater were to say, hey, we want to screen this movie, uh, you know, you know, some kind of a deal thing. I'll let I let them work all that stuff out. Do you want to do it? I'm all for it. I yeah. I want this film. We have we shot it in 4K. I love the idea of it going 
playing more theaters, playing more conventions, playing like us being at conventions, doing signings of it, or just generally doing panels and stuff, um, as well as just getting out there and doing more things like this to promote uh, the film and, and be like, listen, this film's out. It's exciting. It's it's done. You know, it's definitely something that uh, people can now get. And and now I feel like once there's a thing they can go and buy, it's going to be a lot uh, even more exciting for them to actually get to own it. You know, they'll literally get to go and buy it at, uh, you know, on Amazon, through the website, uh, certain other stores around the country. And I feel like that's very exciting for people. And for me, I, I can't wait to, uh, you know, be able to walk in a store. Uh, there's stores out here in California, the Amoeba, that will, will have it and be able to walk in and be like, wow, this is my movie on the shelf, um, you know. Maybe even buy an extra copy. <laughs> <laughs> do, do this. Um, I see this happen with writers a lot, and it, it may be a little difficult because of things being packaged and everything. But go into a store and just randomly sign copies of your your uh, Blu-ray when you see them, and and just like don't tell anybody, or if you want to clear it with the owner first, but just like yeah, I made this, and just sign them, and then leave them up on the shelf for people to buy, and just randomly go, holy crap, why is this signed? Um, I think that's that's always an awesome trick, and it's one of those things that if I was uh, publishing stuff myself, I would probably want to do too. Um, yeah, I'm definitely all gung ho for that, or that's what I'm. You know, like I'm I'm attending uh, a couple of the screenings that we've announced um, for Talent Back this month. I'm gonna be. I'm not sure what date yet, but I'm definitely gonna go to at least one of the screenings in Santa Ana and do a Q and A. I'm definitely going to. Uh, the screening in San Diego next Friday or this coming Friday uh, that starts at eight o'clock um, because I just, I'm very excited to be able to get out there and see this film on the big screen because again, even though I've seen it way too many times, um, at least I'll, it's now like it's being released. It's out. Like I want to, I want to be able to go and uh, support it everywhere I can and, there's a few more screenings we're going to be announcing soon. Um, once we get some dates cleared. Uh, so I'm excited for those as well, because I know at least two of those I'll be attending as well. So. How many times have you seen this movie? <laughs> um, and I roll my eyes like that, but I don't want people to think <laughs> that I don't like it or that I don't, um, appreciate the ability that I got to make this movie, but I, I, I was the assistant editor on the film as well, uh, because I was, you know, and I am very passionate about it. I wanted to be there, but I didn't want to quite edit it because I knew that if we got an editor who had done a bunch of other projects and was as great as our editor was, he would bring a lot of things that I didn't see. And I still, remember conversations with him from the editing day where he cut out like 20 minutes plus of the movie uh, that I was fighting with him to keep. Um, and while they make great bonus features that I'm sure fans and, and, and people, uh, human interest people alike were, are going to dig, it's, it's all about making the, a lean movie that feels short and leaves people wanting for more. Because if they want more, we can give it to them. Like, mm -hmm. We're giving them bonus features now 
assuming this does well, we can. There's no shortage of materials that we can do a, you know, another version of it in five years, ten years. You know, we had 39 hours of footage of just Kane talking. Uh, so if we wanted to dig into some of those takes of Kane, we could get even a lot more stories than because uh, of Kane's bonus features. I went into like our six-hour cut of the film and pulled a lot of those stories. But if we wanted to, if I really wanted to give all of his stories or 90% of his stories, I could always do that for a future cut of it. As well as like Adam Green says at the end, without giving too much away, he says he thinks Adam Kane's just getting started. And he said this before, and I don't see why there's any reason that we couldn't do like a 30 minute uh, sequel doc, so to say, catching people up to what Kane has been up to in the last 10 years. Because um, I feel like even since we stopped filming the doc, there's a lot of things that, you know, he has been the video game he sold over a million physical copies and downloads the, um, which obviously he did all the motion capture for the, uh, he's been in a bunch of uh, films. He's been on a, a couple hit TV shows. He's been supporting characters on lately. He um, just announced he's doing like a movie, I think in Transylvania, uh, which is the first time he's going to Romania ever. And, you know, like he's doing a lot of things first and a lot more roles without the mask on. So I feel as well as Victor Crowley, obviously we didn't talk about that in the film because they premiered uh, pretty much back to back. Victor Crowley came out um, on uh, like two days before To Hell and Back came out. They did a surprise screening here in Hollywood where they said it was going to be Hatchet's like 10th anniversary screening and instead played a whole new movie uh, for all the fans that were there all excited. So, um, and then the night of our world premiere at Fright Fest in London, they premiered it, uh, did the UK premiere of it over there at Fright Fest. So we got to actually watch it in the theater with Kane and Adam Green, uh, surrounded by other people. Uh, and it was, you know, the environment was great. And that film alone, like, and, and I don't think Adam is going to be stopping making uh, these films again, at least for a little while. I mean, we'll see, but I, I'm excited for the fact that um, Victor Crowley, you know, was able to come back, and that means that he can probably come back again and do some more killing, which will be nice. Mm. I still haven't gotten to watch Victor Crowley, so I'm behind. Well, that's why I'm very. Uh, I, I'm not. Also, for Adam, I'm if he, in case he ever watches this, I'm also or Kane. I'm also not giving anything away, uh, except that you definitely should, if you like the original movies, mm -hmm. um, or even if you haven't seen them. This film kind of picks off. A certain amount of time in the future so you could definitely still watch oh. this one without seeing it. it it's not a reboot by any means it is a sequel but it kind of makes the franchise it continues the franchise in sort of its own uh offshoot in a way yeah. we watched one through three in like two days i really enjoyed them all i just it's sitting there i have it i just have not watched it because well maybe that's what we'll do the next time I can come on here, we can make that the movie we all watch. I can right. rewatch it, and we can all watch it and and talk about it. Because 
I know a lot about the making of, of that one too, because we were, there was a point where we were considering do adding it in something about it, but the, the way that film was shot really quickly and they didn't, um, they didn't, you know, announce it mm-hmm. until it was very, uh, very late in the game. So that's interesting that you mentioned that. Cause I think like the world that we now live in, you're able to do stuff like that. Like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the band sleep, but they, I, I'm not, but what do they do? Uh, they're just a big stoner metal band. I don't oh. care for what they do, but on 420, they're like, Hey, we put out a new album right now. And the thing sold out like they did. I think they had like 250 copies on vinyl and it sold out in like two hours. So That's with, pretty good. yeah, with the internet being what it is, like you don't need this big build up to a release anymore. You can, if you have somewhat of a follow, you can just be like, Hey, this is now out as of right now. And, and you'll still sell and not like in, you know, I still once in a while will stumble on like a music magazine and it's like, Oh, and, you know, it's July and they're like in September, the new Slayer album's coming out and everyone has to like this big build up because you have to get the, the word out via press so that people know. And now it's like, you know, someone farts and it's all over the internet. They're like, oh, this guy farted in public. No, agreed. And and that's what like, you know, it's certainly not a, yeah, there's definitely things you could do like that as well. And I think that's part of the reason why, um, like, I, that's why I'm shocked, honestly, that the, cast and crew of Victor Crowley were able to keep it a secret. Like you can do that, but like to have that many moving, I mean, yes, it was a small crew and cast, but to still have that many moving pieces that cared enough about Adam, his vision and the film to not be the one person to ruin it Mm -hmm. for everybody. Like literally nobody knew that it was another Hatcher movie until I knew because obviously Kane mentioned it to me and Adam mentioned it to me, but um, even to Kane's credit, he never confirmed that what he was doing until Adam had told me. He was always like, I'm playing a character again. (laughs) And like left it at that. And like, he even said that about like the, the Friday the 13th game. He wouldn't confirm what character it was. He gave some hints. He, left it at that and then the announcement was made and then he called me and was like did you guess it was that i was like no i didn't guess it was that i didn't know you were coming back as as jason and playing all the different versions of the video game that is awesome Mm. and how can i get this i want a copy of it (laughs) (laughs) did you get the game yeah i have the game yeah. yeah what do you think i like it i think it's fun there were definitely some glitches in the beginning but it's a very small team that's what people didn't get it's like sort of like us we're like you know there's of people who andrew and i are pretty much the only people that do things day to day here uh his wife uh who was his fiance through most of the process was uh, a huge help as well as and you know our dp was phenomenal everything else but like day to day it's pretty much like the two of us handling things she'll jump in and do some major stuff uh you know, when, whenever we ask her to, but like, because it's just like us, like people have to, you know, when we ship perks out, it's like three people packaging hundreds of deep Blu-rays out, which again, we know we have to do. And we're, that's why we're gearing up. That's why I'm ahead of the game so that we can get these out to people 
for we're aiming to have them in their hands by um, the date that it comes out, which is Friday the 13th next month, uh, which means we have to get them in our hands so Kane can sign all the ones, I can sign all the ones, and then we're going to repackage everything up and get it out to everybody that needs it. I was just going to ask if you have them already, but you answered that one before I had a chance. No, unfortunately, we don't because they take, they're going to take time to, uh, to print. Like, I'm delivering the bonus features probably tomorrow. That's my goal. If I can finish them tomorrow, I will deliver them. Otherwise, I have until the 13th to get them to them. And then they'll take a couple of weeks to uh, print. Uh, they'll take, I think, a couple uh, a week to print up some demos and then a week to get all the discs printed okay. uh, and back to us. So it's not a very long turnaround time, which is why, like, even if, you know, some fans are uh, obviously Indiegogo people aside who will all get their copies, if, you got, if you're at a convention and Kane runs out, if um, you see that, like it says online, that they're sold out, it's only sold out, like we'll have a pre-order option, we'll have a, uh, ahead of time, we're going to have a, um, a, a way to do that if they sell out because it'll take a week max to restock the, the copies. We're just doing, uh, the distributor wants to do smaller runs, and I'm all going to hope for that because it means less overhead. And yeah. that way, if the film does phenomenally well, which I'm hoping, and we blast through the supply we order, then we can order more a week later they'll be in and you know we'll be good to go and i feel like it's a film that i'm excited about and that's why i'm here to share my enthusiasm and also you know i do enjoy talking to you guys as well and i'm glad you guys liked it because like i was um i wasn't concerned whether or not you would like it but obviously i i appreciate everybody who watches this movie and likes it because some days um shooting it like it was a great shoot and everything went well but like there were certain things that were challenging to overcome as far as editing it uh just because you know kane's story uh he doesn't have um access to a lot of the family that a lot of people would so a lot of sections are him talking that we had to get um a lot of b-roll for that uh i think we we nailed what we we got and that's why i'm glad that uh it seems to make people seem to enjoy the shots of him walking through parks, walking through the burn sections, all that stuff. And, and they're really feeling them. And I think the music is helping with that a lot. We had a, a great composer, Jonas Friedman, who uh, worked on the new X-Files shows. He did um, the new 24 reboot. He did blue, he does blue bloods. He did, he's done a whole yeah. bunch of stuff like that. He was our composer and he like knocked it out of the park. Very few, and I'm used to going back and forth with people because I'm somewhat particular, but um, with him, you know, very tiny notes on things. Like I think two for 90 plus minutes of music. And he had a lot of original music in here. Like there's very few moments in this film that don't have uh, original music. Under them, and even the ending that does—it's a song by Twisted, which they wrote specifically for the movie and came. Just want to take a second to talk about these Studio Regent headphones once again. Uh, super comfortable. Been wearing these things for a few hours. Still feels surprisingly good. Uh, I'm 
super picky about that. I complain about things a lot. So I, so far, these things are great. As I mentioned, this is the first go-round, uh, but I do want to thank them again for hooking me up with these. Uh, really looking forward to giving them the old go-around while mowing the lawn and more podcasting. Uh, make sure you go check them out. Use the uh, promo code TERROR for 15% off your order. You just said the magic name. You a Twisted fan? Matt is. Matt. No, they're great guys. Honestly, they're great guys. I'm not the biggest fan of their work, but at the same point, I think they that last album they had, first of all, I really enjoyed because I'm digging their new sound. I'm digging their less rap sound. I like the fact they're moving more to uh, sort of the Rob Zombie-esque rap, sing, rap and singing. Some people like it, some people don't, but I at least really enjoyed it for a More Than a Monster, the Kane's theme. I thought that really was a fun uh, kind of play on the old like 80s, um, like Alice Cooper behind the mask. Man behind the mask. Man yeah. behind the mask. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, so they're on Warp Tour, and that's like one of the few bands this year that I'm actually really excited to see. I saw them. Fuck. Well, I was in high school. So sorry, Corey. 15 years ago, something like that. Eat a dick. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there is a picture of me floating around in twisted makeup and my hair braided. But anytime someone brings it up, I try to get it to go away. <coughs> I plan on going to, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to the Warp Tour out here um, because I want to, I want to see, they're great guys. And last time they were in town, they invited us to their, the listening party with like at the Viper room and stuff. So the producer and I went and uh, listened to the whole album with them there. And it was, it was a lot of fun. They're really nice. And they kind of just, we were like, do you want to do this? You know, Kane, it's his favorite. You guys are his favorite band. And we know how much it'll mean to him. And they're like, we love that guy. And just went off and wrote his theme. And when we got it back, I was like, I wonder what twisted this will be. Like what, <laughs> what it'll sound like. Cause I was just curious if it was going to be heavy, heavy, heavy rap, or if it was going to be like sort of that mix of rap and rock. And it was to me, the perfect mix of the two of them to make it a song that I think twisted fans are going to like, but also um, just like Kane fans. I think it's a great theme for him. And we, we did a Monster Palooza panel uh, where we announced the release date just a little while ago. And that was the song we ended the panel with because it hasn't really been heard. Like they haven't released it yet. Um, we haven't released it yet, the song. Uh, so not a lot of fans have heard the song yet. So they don't really, I don't think they've ever performed it live. So I think because of that, it's sort of like, one of the only places Twisted fans are going to get it is either on the vinyl that we pre we sold with uh, as a as an Indiegogo thing, or um, on the in the movie. I believe they're doing a vinyl of it too, but I don't think it's been done yet. Hmm. Yeah, Matt has it's definitely had a good number of conversations about Twisted on this show. I had never actually heard them before, but I. I got excited by seeing them in the movie because of the fact that Matt has talked about them so much. And uh, I didn't realize that was them doing the the closing song on the, the credits, but it was a good song. 
It is. And I, I you know, like I, that's what the, the two of them are, are really funny because like they have this like friendship dynamic that goes between them. And I don't know how much like their characters they actually are. I don't know. They might be exactly like that, but the, when we were talking to them, it was very clear how much they like care about, about Kane, about like the people that they're huge fans of this stuff. And that's why, and they're professionals. Like they, they do everything they wanted to, they want to like make sure everything works properly. And they, they, they're now, they have their own record label and they do their own thing. Like they're completely independent. They have a movie coming out soon, which Roy uh, Knigram from this movie, uh, he was in it. He did the makeup effects for Death House, and he talks about that. He um, directed, is directing Twisted's movie. He's done a few of their music videos, but now they're doing like a, I think like a 90 minute, I, I guess musical is the right word for it, but it's like giant music video. I think they're doing like a 90 minute, like full horror movie where, uh, but I believe their songs are going to be interludes and stuff. So it's their spice world. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of their spice world. They're, um, you know, something like I, spice world is probably the best example. <laughs> I, I just went with spice world, but I could have easily gone with a number of Beatles films or whatever, but yeah, Beatles I, I had totally dig that too. idea. Yeah. I think it's really cool too. And I, you know they've been working really hard to kind of have this build up a whole roster of other musicians and 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 this year they have so many releases coming out of their record label magic ninja like i want to say like 30 30 different like eps or up are coming out this year so and that's really weird because to me because like a couple of years ago it was just it was just that like they were the only ones on it, but they they've done the they've done their work and they you know have a great manager and and they're really smart and they know what they're doing. And that's like Kane. Kane's made his career by being uh, by being you know the guy who he builds his his self, himself up and he uh, you know he does all the conventions so he can see his fans and 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 meet people and stuff. He'll do. Uh, so many different films a year because he wants to act. He wants to, they never thought he was going to be an actor, but he just, he's so passionate about, um, he feels he's so sort of, for lack of a better word, like blessed, but he feels like he's so, you know, lucky to be able to do this, that he just wants to do as much as he can. And that's why he keeps uh, making these movies and, and making good content. You pick up on it in the in the movie when when we see him take on the role of Jason is that he he doesn't let himself just be a, a fill-in body. He brings a personality to the character that wasn't there before. And and that's why people recognize him. And that's why people wanted to see him in the next film, the next film, the next film, is that he did things differently and he thought about things differently. He improved the movies. He took scenes that could have been like very good scenes and very, you know, expected in what they were. And then he he added something to them, and that that is why he elevates beyond just being Jason. When it's like, oh yeah, we want to see this guy in front of the camera. We want to see him emotionally uh, do another part. And and the fact that he shows up in things like Monster 
on screen next to Charlie's there. And it, it's incredible, but it there's something there. Somebody, I don't remember who exactly said it. They said that you can accomplish things with an actor in that role that you can't accomplish without, you know, and there are people who just come in and they put on the mask and put on the suit and they go through the motions. But if you have someone who approaches it like an actor does, uh, it's a very different thing and it, it brings a whole process up and, and that's what he does. He does. Yeah. And he, you know, I, that was John Carl Beekler who directed part seven and did the makeup and stuff for it as well as the original hatchet. He, yeah, he was talking about Kane, like literally like look in a mirror and see what he can do with the makeup and what he facial expressions will come through and what thought processes he can go through, like what little subtle movements will show up. And like, that's how he did the, like the full butt, like the head turn before the walk for Jason or the, the breathing or um, a lot of his other uh, things that he's known for because he just, you know, was able to think, okay, and watch what. Oh, well, shit. Yeah, something happened. Yeah. Huh. Don't, uh... Huh. I guess... Oh, there you go. Pop back in. Hey! There oh. he is. There we go. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. You dropped out right, and it looks like that. you lost your connection because now we got two of you, but that's fine. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, the uh yeah, for some reason the connection must have dropped, but um yeah, all, all I was saying was yeah, he does do exactly that. He puts the time and energy in and that's why I think the transition between man in monster makeup and being able to play these complex characters was a lot easier for him than it might have been for somebody who was just a guy in a mask. You know, like, and I'm not saying a lot of the guy, you know, a lot of the people who played those characters did more than that. The original, the guy that played Michael Myers in the original movie and is back for at least some capacity in this new one, um, did also did a lot of those subtle elements. But that's the difference between like him and uh, some other people who have done those characters because like both of them put the element in. Michael Myers does this great scene where he tilts his head after stabbing a woman in the first movie. Yeah. That was an acting decision. That wasn't a stunt guy decision. The stunt guy would have done the, the move and looked at and walked away because they don't really put the being very you know uh, general here you wouldn't think that they would necessarily put the time into being like, what would the character do? They're right. there to get the stunts done, not safely, not necessarily do that. But since Kane's both, yep. and Kane pays attention to both, he really wants that to convey. So even if he's fully on fire, there's a bonus feature we have where Lance Hendrickson tells the story of the two of them on uh, the horror show that uh, Sean Cunningham produced, uh, the third house movie. And the, uh, Two of them were in a scene. Kane was being a stuntman in it, and he, as well as a coordinator, he had a scene where he was fully lit on fire. 
and he remained eye contact with Lance Henderson and was acting while fully engulfed in flames. He was still like passionately in the moment and acting. And that's why a lot of his fire stunts as well, even though he was he's a burn survivor, his fire stunts are phenomenal. And you wouldn't necessarily think somebody who, you know, was a burn survivor and was burned on a, like 70% of his body with third degree burns would uh, be able to, I, there's a, the nurse has a great line in there, like would even be able to get near a fire. And Kane actually still does fire stunts um, because he knows the mistake he made uh, and he knows how not to make it. So in yeah. his mind, there's no reason not, he wouldn't do them because why would you uh, not do something that you can do well? You know, yeah, I, and that pays well. And I appreciated when uh, Daniel Harris was talking about him being in charge of the stunts on a movie. Uh, I think it was probably the second or third hatchet that they did together and, and saying that she feels safe doing stunts when, because if she, if it was him in charge, then she knows that she's going to be safe and taken care of no matter what. And the only time she'll say no to doing a stunt is if he tells her you shouldn't do this stunt. Um, because you have to have a trust in that person because he's got that background and he has that understanding and the kind of person, and because of what he's gone through, he wouldn't let her put herself in danger. And, and I, I, I know you're not saying this, but, but obviously we do want to say that stunt people are actors and stunt people are probably capable of doing things. Like he just, he took the opportunity to say, I'm in, I'm putting these things at this part and stuff. And maybe, some people aren't always given that opportunity. No, exactly. I, I feel like, I mean, I've said this before that stunt, there's no, there's no Oscar for stunt people. I think that's a huge, uh, still a, a huge, like missing piece of the Oscars. I feel it would be incredible to honor at least one stunt man and one stunt woman who really impact. Cause you watch some of this stuff and you know, It'll be a stunt person for Matt Damon or whatever in one of the Bourne movies, jumping, like running across a roof, jumping through a window and doing a few other things. Like there, there are a lot of stunt people that are, end up being phenomenal actors and even are then. Kane just kind of, every opportunity he was given to, he kept taking it. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of times people that aren't the stunt people kind of put them in the situation where all they can do is do the stunt and move on. Yeah, like you're the just studio a, execs. Just a body to flip a car. Yeah, and... the studio execs are like, okay, we just want to, Adam Reed said, we want a big hulking guy in a mask to do this part. And, you know, Kane loves what he's doing and all this other stuff. A lot of those people are the former bodyguards or whatever. And, you know, I'm sure they would love to, and, and many I'm sure have, go through acting training and all this other stuff as well to be able to do the characters. And that's why I'm hoping that as time goes on, the stunt people we have left because digital stunt work that sometimes is being done. But although it feels like it's happening less and less, I think people, I think they've been realizing that if they have a stunt person do something, it does look a lot better. Yeah. Because it is a real actor. You can do things with a person. Yes, it requires a lot more safety precautions, but still, even with our amazing CGI, unless it's a, uh, a stunt that needs to be done fully digitally, it still looks better to have somebody 
jumping out of that plane or or running up those stairs and jumping through that window because even if you're digitally replacing the actor's face on that stunt person, it's still like somebody's body. It's still somebody's like work. Like all the like Marvel movies continue to use them. All the Star Wars movies continue to use them. And I think, I think it's very important. It. it is. It's better for it. And and Kane, you know, to this day, still ends up doing a lot of stunt coordination, even though he's doing a lot of the stuff a lot more acting, and, and he should be. But I think there's still that love of stunt work there. That's where he got his start. So I feel like he will always go back to it in some degree or another. I feel um, like he's excited by it. I feel like he he enjoys it so much. When he's telling the story at the beginning of the the balcony, and and, and just that moment of realization, of like, oh, that was really fun for me to to freak my friends out. Uh, I. It just seems like that's that's kind of his nature is that being exactly. in the mix is important to him. Agreed. And, and 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 now he's gotten to the point where he's the one who's coming up with how to do it. And a lot of times he doesn't have to do it himself. So he doesn't have to take that hit of flipping a car and landing and if it something anything happens where it's not perfect or certain kinds of flips, they're just harder on the body. Uh, he doesn't have to go through that as much anymore. So that's also good is like he's the one who's coming up with safer ways of doing things and helping to like innovate this with other people, but innovate the system, at least the films he's on to make sure that even though in like frozen, which Adam green goes, it both Kane and Adam green go for a while on frozen in the bonus features, how Kane like took it upon himself to go and do frozen, even though they did not have the budget to fly a stunt coordinator in, he took it upon himself to, work as a local where they were filming it because it took all that weight off of Adam. And Adam's like, I don't know what I expected. If the thing was going to drop, was Kane going to jump in and grab the ski lift from the wire and like, and just stop it from slamming into the ground or something and save everybody. But I just knew that I didn't have to worry. I had one less gigantic worry because Kane was there. And right. And I think that's the same thing that Kane was like, even though that movie was a grueling process and as a lot of independent film can be for people, if you have somebody like Kane who is fun to be around and works really hard and is very smart and uh, creative with his, his work, you know, like you can take something um, and make it better while keeping it safe. You know, there's a lot of stuff that Kane did that uh, for even the Friday the 13th movies that made them incredibly safe, even though um, they also made the movie better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, his his viewpoint on on being a stunt person and the the object is to not have the most broken bones, but to have the, <laughs> the least broken bones. It's it's like, I again, no disrespect to any stunt person who's, who's obviously thrown themselves in a lot of things and gotten injured that is unfortunately too realistic an expectation of that job but i i do agree and as if i'm going to have someone who's in charge of of my stunt people it's going to be the one who says yeah i would rather nobody get hurt uh at all than tend to come out of this with a with a chicks dig scars uh mentality <laughs> like no agreed and and i feel like that's why kane has been so successful is that he has this track record at, of of success being a stuntman and stunt coordinator now for 
over 30 years. Like this year is the 30th anniversary, uh, just a few weeks, like a week and a half ago, I think, of part seven came out like in 1988. Um, and that was the first time we played Jason. And, and he had done stunts before then, quite a bit of them. But that was like, you know, that's the first time he was Jason. So he's been doing stunts now for more than 30 years. But now it means that he's doing conventions for 30 years. Yeah. Which is crazy to him, I think, that he's been doing them that long. But uh, he certainly does not look anything anywhere near his age. And he does not act like it. It was May 13th, 1988 that it came out. So, like almost a little over a month ago. So it's pretty cool that uh, we're now 30 years what, when that came out and 41 years since he got burned coming up next month. And, and you're the one giving him this, this due, this, this huge respectful project. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like, listen, he didn't need this project to be, an icon and he doesn't need to do, he didn't need to do anything after Jason to be remembered forever, especially in the horror community. But the fact is, is that when I saw his story, I knew that it's something that horror community, even if they didn't read his book, would love it. And I tell people all the time, if you see this movie, read the book. If you read the book, see the movie. They're very different. Uh, you can read it, you can hear it, because he did the audio book, but seeing it is very different. And it's a different, like everything, it's, it's much shorter, it's much more everything. If you want like insane details about everything, you can definitely read the book because you'll get them. You'll get tons of stories that are not in the, in the film, but I think to see him talk about it and the tears in his eyes and you know hear other people and how much they respect him and, and love his stuff, it's, it's very different. Yeah, and like I said at the beginning, I came in this more of a, a layman uh, when it comes to Kane, and I finished off the movie and and was certainly interested in reading the book after that and knowing more about him. Well, good. I hope that it does. I hope that it does both. I hope that it makes people get very excited to read the book, and I also hope that it gets uh, it gets people. The people who've read the book will watch the movie, and because they'll really get a chance to see. A little more, hear a little more, and get super enthusiastic about it. Yeah, because I know I am. I know I'm extremely passionate about this still, and we're talking, you know, almost three years later, and I still want to go to the. Um, I'm still going to as many screenings as I can. I'm still going to sign a bunch of stuff for people, uh, make sure that everything's good, so that I can. Uh, how is that for you? How many screenings have you have you done so far? And how is it for you to be there when an audience sees it for the first time versus you just rewatching the footage for your hundredth? Yeah, so I watched, we did a screening, the premiere in LA or the premiere in London, the screening in, uh, the premiere in LA. Uh, we did, I was at the one in Kentucky. Um, and then uh, we did another screening in LA as a test screening with like 60 people. Um, yeah, so I guess four screenings of the finished movie that I've been to. Uh, there were there were like five or so other, five or six other screenings that I had not been to. But I know we're doing one in, um, I'm going to the one in San Diego. So this is the first time 
I've seen it in a little bit. Now I've just watched hours of bonus footage stuff. But so I know all that stuff really well, but like I, there were times where I had to scrub through the movie again to remember, okay, did we include this? Cause I also remember the six and four hour cuts too. And even the two hour cut, which had a bunch removed from it. Cause like certain sections while short, like we barely touch on part eight in the movie. Cause like if a story didn't relate to Kane specifically, cause this is Kane's movie. Like even if it was a fun anecdote, if we had set a couple of fun anecdotes already about Jason, we moved on because I think while fans are going to dig them and they're on the bonus footage, I feel like um, his real, uh, the real like bulk of the story in the movie is how did whatever it was affect Kane? Right. And this is not a Jason documentary. It's a Kane exactly. documentary. So if it shows that he's a playful person who likes pulling pranks, that's an impact on Kane. But we just could only have so many of that stuff before it became, okay, this is now a prank movie. Now we need to, so we would reel it back a bit and be like, and, and that's ultimately how we got the lean runtime of it is we, by doing that. We were like, okay, let's trim out all the, any fat. And at the end it was like, okay, we're out of fat. Let's, cut tiny, tiny bits of muscle away or remove a tendon or two or take it some extra skin away because it was like, it was so close, but like we knew we could get it even better. And, and I feel like now it's a great length and it doesn't feed. it's when you hear, you know, 108 minutes, you know, an hour 48, you think it's going to feel like two plus hours, but it doesn't, it feels like in my opinion, anyway, feels like 90 minutes. Like it feels nice and short easily digestible in one sitting, you know, and that's what I was trying to avoid is, although I love the documentaries on Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, Friday the 13th, they're like four and a half and six hours long. Uh, I don't remember which is which, but they're very long. And I wanted to make something that I knew horror fans would eat up a six hour documentary on cake, but I wanted something that the average person scrolling through Amazon Prime or, or going to their uh, local, uh, you know, going on Amazon, being like, "What's a fun? What's a good documentary?" Oh wow, this is this is the story on this guy. I'm gonna watch this. Not, um, you know, like uh, the person who would already have watched it. We knew right. Kane's fans will love this. We wanted to make a movie that gives him more exposure because he has had a life that I think. A lot of people, a lot of horror fans don't know about, and a lot of human interest people, they all know who Kane is. And some people have said to me, no, we don't. And I'm like, listen, if you know his characters, you know him. Like, if you know Jason and you know that this Jason, like part seven, Jason X, those seem to be the two favorites that he's done, like stand out to you, then you know who Kane is. And you've seen him in these projects before. You've seen Monster, you've seen uh, some of these other films and you know his work. So you know Kane. So now you're going to really get in there and, and come out of here, you know, loving him. And that's a question we asked of our screeners, the people we screened it for, which was, uh, did you know about Kane ahead of time? And most of them answered, they were familiar with his work, but not necessarily with his name. And at the end, everybody answered, or the bulk majority answer that they're now fans of his. When before right. they wouldn't identify that way, 
But now they're like, wow, we're fans of his as a person. Movies aside, horror fan aside, uh, like uh, stunt fan aside, like stunt people love and admire him. Horror people love and admire him. And I think average people who see this are going to really like the way he deals with the world and deals with um, his views on bullying and uh, surviving something like the burn and not letting and using it as like a sort of almost a fuel to keep doing what he loves to do. Like he, he got, he recovered from this. And in the bonus footage, we go into more detail on like how long it really took him to get back up and doing stunts again. But like, it was a long process with him and his mom at home every day, stretching out his skin and his muscles and really getting it so that he could even bend his arm again or even do things like that. So like he worked his ass off to get to where he is uh, today and uh, you know, to where he was, he became this legend. And I think now's the time where he could just sit back and enjoy it, but he's going to keep going and, and keep showing us like Adam said, and like, I believe uh, as well, he's getting, he's just getting started. He's going to keep going. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing story. It's a great movie. I'm really, really happy we got to see it. Although Thank I'm you. I'm definitely gonna buy the Blu-ray because I want to see all the behind the scenes stuff now too. <laughs> awesome. I love I love features. You may have already bought it though. Oh, I totally did. I don't know if Corey has. Not yet. That's that's now on my list. I'll send you the I'll I can I can get you guys the link to like post out once it's available to pre-order. Uh, we just haven't, I think they're waiting on me to get them the bonus features before they, uh, like post the link. That way they know like everything's in office, that they have everything. They can start making the discs and I, you know, we'll definitely be getting them that ASAP because, uh, you know, I've worked my butt off for this and I want to make sure that people really get to see the project that, you know, for the Indiegogo people, they helped make happen for everybody else that they were the a lot the inspiration for having made it happen. Like his fans, uh, anyone who loves a good story, um, his family, him, all of our families. You know, we have been working on this thing for so long, but I'm so happy with what's coming out of it. Yeah, and and we want to. And I think we said this already, but I, I want to again point out that this is a movie about Kane. It is it's certainly for Kane and for Kane fans and everything. But this is a huge accomplishment of yours as well, and all the people who worked with you on making this. It, this is a huge deal, and a lot of time and effort uh, went into making this. And it it looks like it. I mean, it's not it's not something that I would look at and go, okay, this is just made on somebody's, you know, homemade camcorder or whatever. This is a professional film. Um, it reads like it, it plays like it. And what it brings across, I think is, is huge and, and a giant accomplishment for all you guys. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, we put a lot of energy into making it. My big thing was I wanted to make a film that was, uh, you know, with, for lack of a better term, cinematic. Like I wanted it to be something that you could see, on the big screen uh, in a theater while seeing another horror film, like, you know, Hereditary or something like that. 
and you know, like uh, seeing something that's been had a, de- a much bigger budget than us, and been like, wow, we made you know, uh, this film looks good, sounds good, the music, you know, isn't like just cheesy music by any means. It's really well put together. The audio design is you know five point one surround uh, with like little fun hidden like sound effects and everything like we put a lot of time into making this a professional solid film that uh can play in a theater play in a surround sound system at home or just you know play on a cell phone and be just as good and i think that that is a kind of a was a fun challenge to get a film that looked you know because sometimes we were dealing with some limitations on on space you know when we did twisted it was they were pretty much against a green wall on a couch on top of a, they were doing a venue in Worcester, Massachusetts. And it was like the, where like the band like hung out upstairs. Like there were a couple couches and stuff. And that's where like we threw together a, uh, a little like corner so that we could do the interviews and it ended up working really well. And we were able to get um, some great shots, but like, I give I give a big hand to anyone who helped work on this movie. Uh, my DP Zach, my producer Andrew, uh, Stella, uh, one of our co-producers. Zach's also one of our co-producers. Uh, Russ and Sherry, who are our, um, our producers and and some of our bigger investors. You know they believed in this film. Parents, everybody. Like it was a long time to make this movie, but I feel like it's a film that. Well, we can all stand behind and, and appreciate what we did and, and really use it to propel us forward to our other projects as well as this one's not going to be something we bury though and that was always my intention was to make a movie that hoping 30 years from now when i've had you know a successful career uh, i can and and continuing to have one i can look back and and not feel like oh Oh, I'm embarrassed by that movie. Like, I think we made something that I'm not going to be embarrassed by. I'm sure I'll think of things I could do better, but that's always the case. And if you ha- don't improve as a filmmaker or anything in, 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 re- in life, you're doing something wrong. If year to year, you don't know, you can't look back and say, I could have done this better. So I think that uh, I'm always going to be able to stand behind it and say, for what I knew, for what we had, this project's great. It told a great story. It, you know, looks great. You know, sounds great, and something that I'm going to always be proud of. Right on. If I made it, I would be proud of it. But <laughs> I don't make movies, so that's why you're here. <sighs> I've never heard any of your music, though. At some point, you need to send me some links or something. I yeah, I can certainly do that. Um, <laughs> If you never talk to me again, though, I'll understand. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I know you only had a limited window of time here, so we should probably wrap this up so you have some free time left with your Sunday. But uh, Yeah, if you miss your deadline, people are going to shit down our fucking necks. There's that. <laughs> Not just yours. They'll, they'll, they'll keep being so... I, I love everybody who, who invested in this, and I, I hope that that comes through. I just... Because it's just a few of us, it, it gets a little bit much when everyone's always asking about it and everything. And like we're trying really hard to answer everybody quickly and 
accommodate everybody. It's just, it's hard when, um, you know, there's a very small team and we're trying to make the best product. Like it's sort of kind of a crapshoot of, do we want to respond immediately to everybody or do we want to actually finish the movie? Right. So like sometimes it becomes like, I, I know I could have responded more frequently to Indiegogo people like giving them more updates along the way, but when there was nothing to give, I would much hear nothing personally than hear, oh, it's taking another three months because sending that message out means that I'm going to have to respond to a bunch of other messages back. And it's easier for me to just uh, continue to work on the project that we made and we're going to make and just keep hitting all the things that we said we were going to do. The festivals, the Blu-rays, everything else. Like, as, as that's the stuff that is the most important to me is to get them the product. Because at the end of the day, if you deliver the film and it's good, people are not going to, I hope, like hold anything like time against me. I also just, you know, I'm, I remain hopeful that like they'll continue to support my career because I feel like um, the film itself speaks a lot more for the, the filmmaker than whether or not they uh, updated people every couple of weeks. Right. With, again, when there was no updates to be had. But as soon as we had updates, I tried really hard. I do a lot of these. I did a lot of live uh, videos at the beginning updating people. I did announcements about the LA premiere, the world premiere, all that. I announced that we were the release date. So now it's more sitting back and waiting for uh, the you know release date next month and getting them all their copies and hopefully uh everyone will be very happy with the film that you know they uh were part of helping make yeah i feel like that like i said earlier i i've supported a lot of different things and every once in a while i'll get an email i just like hey this is where things are at right now and we've got this coming out this such time it's like oh I completely forgot about this. That's mm -hmm. awesome. I, I look forward to seeing it. And the rest of the time, it's like I I knew what I was getting into when I when I invested, and so it it's not like no news is good news, but no news is no news. And it that's really it, what I, it is. It's like yeah. So that's why now I'm I'm trying to you know, and I'll send more updates. Uh, I'll send an update quite soon, as soon as like we have the. Like artwork for the Blu-ray finished and we have all that stuff, I'll start like hinting at like, look, your copies are coming. Like I'm, I'm working to try to get, uh, figure out to be doing the vinyl records, how to do those, figure out how to do, um, like I know I have, a, I know how to do them. I just need to like solidify a company to make them. And we have some custom VHSs that people ordered that I'm, I'm, I'm getting made and some of that stuff too. So like, once the movie, the main perk is done, like the main physical perk, I'm now jumping into doing the niche perks again, like the um, the ones that are a lot less people yep. ordered so that they can get them as close, if not on the release date as well. Because I'd much rather get everybody everything around the same time than have people... Um, still waiting for something just because I'd much rather them all get to experience the movie at the same time and, 
and really get enthusiastic about it. I think that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. Corey, do you want to earn your paycheck? Oh, Lord. I, I've forgotten how to do this already. It's been, what, three weeks? Two, two weeks? Three weeks? It hasn't been that long. I, it's not like I was good at it then. <laughs> you recorded an intro. <laughs> you couldn't record an outro? Hey, so speaking of outros, you can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. You can email us at pot at gncast.com. Uh, you can... Wow, I skipped right past a bunch of stuff, didn't I? Mm-hmm. You can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're a podcast here in all those places. And you subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or whatever the new Google thing is going to be that they're going to do for podcasts since all that's changing up. Uh, weird YouTube stuff happening. Uh, hey, we are on YouTube, though. So you can even yes, look right. for us there. Uh, that's where you can watch the show live if you want to, uh, like we're doing right now. Uh, thanks for visiting us, Ashley. And uh, let's see. You can leave us a review at bit.ly slash review. Subscription options and links can be found at gncast.com slash subscribe. And you can join the Facebook page for uh, all of Galactic Netcasts under Galactic Network. And if you're shopping on Amazon like any normal American, go to amazon.podcasthere.com. Shop like you normally would. We get a small cut. It costs you absolutely nothing. And that's pretty much what's going to keep the show free forever for you. Uh, Derek, thank you once again for coming and hanging out. Uh, where can people find you and, and all of your stuff? All right. Well, uh, personally on Twitter, I'm at Derek C. Herbert, um, uh, and Derek C. Herbert on Instagram as well. And for, um, the company it's at masterfully M on Twitter at masterfully macabre on Instagram and masterfully macabre entertainment on Facebook. So um, that's where the, the best ways we have a website, canehottermovie.com, that has a lot of awesome perks for sale, including machetes, masks, um, pocket knives, uh, similar to the ones in the video game, those red pocket knives from to hell and back that are signed and individually numbered with a certificate of authenticity. We have patches, we have t- new t-shirts that have cane in the middle with Victor and Jason next to him. Um, the, it's called the Legends t-shirt. And we'll also have links soon to buy tickets to the screenings that we're also posting on uh, all of our social media, as well as um, the DVD, Blu-ray, and VOD links when they become available. So I feel like it's going to be, uh, it's a very exciting time for this movie. And I think it's one that I hope people will get pumped about and get really uh, thrilled that, you know, this film is, I get finally coming out, but also that it is coming out uh, and made as uh, exciting and hopefully well as uh, as it did come out. I'm excited to uh, get my physical copy in the mail in a month. So thank you again. Uh, Corey, where can people find you? Uh, I'm taking a break, man. <laughs> it's right. unintentionally from from one show that I do. And uh, the the shows here on the Galactic Network, uh, we're we're on a break, Rachel. Uh, so I'm allowed to screw the girl from the copier shop. What the fuck just happened? Oh, it's a friend's reference. I figured it was over my head. Um, fine. Corey's no fun. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Untapped at Matt the Lifeguard. So that's going to do it. I don't know. We'll be back next month at some point for another one-off episode. Well, we're still taking a break because I'm old and tired.
But uh, yeah, Derek, thank you once again. It was awesome to have you come back. Next time, we will not let you wait two years before you come back. Absolutely. No, no, I'll come back pretty soon. We can uh, maybe something sometime next month or whatever. We can discuss the like world, discuss the fact that it's out, and and then also talk about like Victor Crowley or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, we'll we'll keep in touch. Obviously, it's uh, yeah, of course. Even though it's been two years, we still talked off and on, so I'm not too concerned. But I know that no, you no, no, are. We'll talk. You're going to be very busy coming up here, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely figure something out. Um, but yeah, thank you again. And uh, that's going to do it for another episode of the podcast here. We will talk to you guys next time. Stay scary, everybody. Bye.